evidence and answers. Video games are definitely addicting, and many parents are concerned about the amount of time their child is spending on video games. Is gaming a good thing, or does it contribute to more aggressive behavior, distortion of reality, and hindering children from developing socially? What kinds of games are harmful, and what kind are healthy? How can we help our children and teens to have a healthy relationship with video games? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The last time we were together, Pat and his guest, Drew Dixon, began an interview talking about the world of video games from a biblical viewpoint. Remember, if you missed any part of this broadcast, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and look up the title, Know Thy Gamer. You can download it or listen online. Today we will conclude this fascinating discussion. A lot of times kids are building real relationships and friendships, like significant ones a lot of times through their time on video games. And I'd also like say to parents, like, you need to make sure that you encourage your kids to have friends that they spend time with in real life, like face-to-face. I think that's really important. We should not just, like, please don't hear me saying, like, just turn your kids over to video games and let them, let that be the way that they socialize. I don't think you should do that. I don't think that's healthy. But it's not nearly as isolating as we've, as we've often thought. Now, you also talk about an education and development aspect to video games. You know, many of us see that as just kind of a empty time or, or just, you know, a waste of time, really. But you said there's an education and development aspect to this. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so playing video games helps us develop critical thinking and problem-solving skills. I think video games can help us be happier, more productive people. Usually when you play a video game, you're winning or you're learning how to win. And so, you know, they can teach us resilience. But every time we play a game, we're learning something about ourselves or about the world or even just about the game itself. And they can give us insights into different cultures because video games are a global phenomenon. They're created by people all over the world and translated into our language. So, yeah, so when you play a video game, you're learning. And also when you play video games with other people, you're learning important things about how to win and how to lose. And hopefully, if we're Christian parents, we're helping our kids as they, as they win and lose learn how to win graciously and lose <laughs> gracious with humility, you know. But they can also expose us and force us to admit unhealthy attitudes or preconceived notions we have about ourselves or others. You know, I think video games can teach us empathy. There's a lot of lessons we can learn from playing them if we'll be more thoughtful in the way that we play and the way that we talk about what we're playing with our kids. Yes, and you also mentioned that there's learning of truth through video games. Most of us see video games as kind of a distortion of reality here, but you say there's an element of truth learning here. Tell us about that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, again, like video games are made by people made in the image of God, and so human beings are not as broken as we could be, right? We all reflect the, by nature being human, we reflect something of the glory of God uh, just by existing. So we should expect the creations, the products of people made in God's image to reflect something of God's glory. So an example of that might be how so often in video games we're fighting for the good of the world. You know, we're we're standing up for the cause of the downtrodden and so forth. Like, you know, uh, we're doing good in video games. Or games, video games present us with opportunities to make moral decisions. You know, they present us with, with moral decisions and ask us what we're going to do. 
in those kind of situations. And so those are all opportunities for us to learn, right, and reflect something of, of God's of God's truth. I think. Yes, and I think that's the unique aspect of your book here is that you talk about some of the benefits of video games. You know, if you know with proper guidance and boundaries, it can be beneficial for the uh, young person here. But now you also mention about some of the dangers. Like you said, anything in excess or abused can be dangerous. So what are some of the dangers of gaming? Uh, give us a brief overview, and then maybe we'll get into a little more specifics here. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot that parents are pretty aware of. The big ones that parents are concerned about these days, I think, are addiction. They're worried that their kids play so much that they might become unhealthy. I think they're also worried about violence. You know, there's a lot of violence in video games, and we still have these fears about if I let my kid play a video game or video games, like, are they going to be aggressive, violent people? I think another problem that's less prevalent now than it used to be, but it is still a problem, is that video games can kind of be misogynistic. They can depict men in really heroic ways, and then they can depict women in really, like, over overly sexualized ways, in ways that are not, like very realistic and not certainly not like presenting a picture of femininity that is very empowering to a lot of young women. So, so yeah, those are the things that I cover in my book the most. Yes. Tell us in this aspect regarding violence, do violent, you know, there's a lot of violent video games out there. And so do violent video games make my child more aggressive? We're hearing about these uh, school shootings and a lot of these kids were addicted to these kinds of, violent video games. Is there a, a connection there that we have found in numerous medical and psychological studies? No. The, I mean, the short answer is that there really isn't. There have been studies that have shown that there's some correlation between violent video games and feelings of aggression, but it's sort of like the same. Most of the research there is sort of is the idea of like when you watch a violent movie, the part of your brain that's stimulated when you watch that violent movie is the same part of your brain that's stimulated when you play a violent video game. When you read a book that has a violent content in it, which, you know, I think we need to remember, like, the Bible has quite a bit of violence in it. And yes. none of us would say we shouldn't read it. So, so yeah, it's really, I think, and, and in fact, you know, if you look at the evidence of school shooters, most school shooters are just acts of mass violence. Shoot, any of the shooters, most of them don't play video games. And so, you know, I think... There have been some examples of ones that did, and so we fly to the, you know, to the the worst conclusion. But yeah, I don't think that video games are the culprit for our culture's obsession with violence. That said, what I think we see is that video games are a product. The reason video games are violent, in part, is because we live in a a culture that's fascinated, that's already fascinated with violence. And so when I say video games are not the culprit, I'm not saying just let your kid play whatever. Not saying that at all. I think we should be very careful about as parents about what we let our kids play and that we make sure that they're playing things that are age appropriate. I do think violent video games have some impact on kids. I don't think it's true that like that's the reason why we're seeing the reason why there was a, a shooting at the University of Virginia recently or something. That's it's not nearly that simple and, and I don't think video games are really the culprit there. But we should be really careful about what we let our kids play. Yes, and you also talked about addiction. How do I know if my kid is addicted or if it's just kind of just a healthy interest in video games? When does it reach the point sure. of addiction? Right, right. Well, um, there's a whole host of, of attributes that you have to look for 
to know if your if your child is clinically addicted. So, and that has to be observed over a period of time. So, I think we need to be careful about calling our kids addicted. You know, because they they're probably most kids are pro- something around like less one percent or so of gamers would be would fit the definition of like clinically addicted. Oh, wow. That said, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned. Mm-hmm about our kids but but we need to be careful about using that term because it is a it is a medical term that we need to be careful about but that said you know if your kid is uninterested in doing anything else but play video games constantly if they're getting if they're angry all the time if they're angry anytime they're not playing a video game those are reasons not necessarily to label them as addicts but to step in and give them help to step in and provide some boundaries and I think just about every kid needs boundaries around video games. There's the rare kid out there that has so many different interests and hobbies that they're never going to be that into video games. You know, they might play video games for 30 minutes and then they want to go outside and play soccer. There are some rare kids that don't, that are that way, that are just never going to be different to them. But most kids need boundaries because a lot of games are designed to keep us coming back. You know, everything in our culture is designed to keep us coming back. That's the way things are marketed to us these days. We live in an attention economy. Everybody wants our attention. And so as followers of Jesus, I think we need to be careful about who we let have our attention and how much of our attention we give to things like video games and social media and TV. Yeah. In your book, you talk about the average young person spends about one to three hours a day on video games. But any more than, I mean, more than three hours you're saying that is an area that we should really start paying attention when we're spending more than three hours a day. Is that kind of a good general guideline that you're given here? Yeah, I mean, the benefits of video games that I talked about earlier, those all become much less helpful when you play for more than three hours a day. That's not like, I wouldn't say that's like a good barometer necessarily, especially for younger kids. Younger kids should probably be playing a lot less than three hours a day. But as your kids get older, you can let them play more. I don't let my kids play for three hours a day. I'll say that. But my kids are, are younger. So I had to to give like a, an exact figure of like, hey, here's the number that every kid should play. I think every kid's different. But what I think you do need to have is a system in your home, some rules around how often you will and won't let your kids play. I give lots of tips in the book about, about these kinds of things and also about like how much time you should let kids play based on the current research uh, that's out there based on their age. So my book would be really helpful for you in that regard. But yeah, you need to have rules in your home about how much you're going to let your kids play. Because if you don't, they're probably, you know, their brains are not ready <laughs> to self-regulate. Kids are not great. And he, honestly, adults <laughs> are not either. Like we're not good at setting limits for ourselves sometimes, right? <laughs> All right. You get on Facebook or Instagram and your plan is to like just check something real quick, right? And then all of a sudden... 30 minutes have gone by and you're still scrolling. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we all need limits. You also mentioned that the danger is, you know, sexual content. And it seems like just the graphics are improving and the sexual content seems to be increasing here. Is that what you're seeing with more of these video games? Yeah, there is more now than there used to be. It's not so content isn't a huge part of video games, but it's more it's more prevalent now than ever before. I'll say that. So film and TV as far as has moved in that same trajectory. Like film and like nudity is far more common now on 
in television than, than ever before. Video games have not followed that same trajectory, but they certainly have, like, it's certainly not a thing that doesn't exist. Video games, there's certainly a, a decent number of video games that do have pretty explicit sexual content. So, yeah, again, that's something where I think parents just need to, to have some tools to educate themselves about the kind of games their kids are asking to play so that they'll know, right? So that you'll know as a parent whether or not this particular video game that your kid wants to play is appropriate or not. Yes. Now, what kind of games are harmful and what kind of games are actually kind of healthy? I think that that question is probably different for different kids. Every kid is a little bit different. But I can tell you some things that I like about video games and some things that I don't always like that I often don't like, especially with regard to my kids. I like video games where there's lots of creative problem solving. I like video games where they bring my kids and I together. So I love to play like Mario Kart with my kids because it's something we can do together on the same screen and we're laughing and having a good time together. I like video games that give us an opportunity for intrinsic rewards where the reward of the game is the game itself. It's the experience of playing it, the experience of like winning together or overcoming a problem or challenge. What I'm not crazy about is some of the ways video games reward reward kids with like loot boxes, which is, you know, these in-game rewards that keep us coming back to play again and again, and they're randomly assigned rewards. And so I'm not crazy about those because they're training kids to, to keep coming back again and again and again, and the reward they're offering is not particularly valuable, you know. So those are free-to-play games, uh, games with loot boxes, these games with like in-game stores and things that are nickeling and diming parents are ones I'm not so crazy about. Yeah, and how would a parent discern between what a game he should allow his child to play and which one he should not allow his child to play? Yeah, there's some tools out there to, to get to the bottom of that. So some ones that I like are the ESRB.org. ESRB is where is the body that rates games just like movies are rated R or PG-13 or PG. There's a rating system for video games, and you can go to their website and see what a video game is rated. There's also a site I really like called Common Sense Media. So commonsensemedia.org is a great website, and it's got very detailed reviews of video games. It's not a Christian site, but they do, you know, it's aimed at parents. So it educates parents about what kind of content they're going to find in the video games their kids play. Another great thing you can do as a parent is you can get on YouTube or Twitch, um, twitch.com, and search for whatever video game your kid wants to play. Let's say your kid is asking to play the latest Call of Duty game. But you can go and search for that Call of Duty game on Twitch or YouTube, and you can actually watch a few minutes of someone play it. And watching a little bit of a game gives you a good sense of, hey, what, what kind of content am I going to find here? So just watching for a few minutes, you can get a sense of whether or not it's appropriate for your kid based on on you know your you know your values as a family. Yes. Yeah, so talked about some of the benefits of video games, but also the dangers of video games. So uh, as you know, we come to our last section here. Talk to us about setting healthy boundaries for our child or teenager as they want to play video games. What what are some general guidelines for healthy boundaries here? Yeah. So the big thing that I tell people is to to have rules. Number one determine those rules as a family, but make those rules collaborative, clear, and written down. So work together as a family to determine what those rules are going to be. Make your children feel like they have a seat at the table in determining those rules. 
I'm not saying that your kids get to decide what rules they're going to have. But what I am saying is that they should have a seat at the table. I think they should, you should involve them in that process. You'd be surprised. Most kids know that they need rules and they want them, even though they may not admit it right away. They want guidelines. They want boundaries. So involve them in that process. And if you'll involve them in the process, if, you, if you'll make them feel like they have a seat at the table and determining what their rules are going to be around screen time, then when you have to enforce those rules, they're going to be a lot more receptive to that. So, you know, our goal as parents is not just to get our kids to obey, right, to obey all the rules, but our goal is to love them and point them to Jesus, right, to right. love our kids. And so I, want, I don't want to raise good Pharisees. I want to raise <laughs> followers of Jesus, and I want them to see the heart behind the rules we have in our house. That It's really important to me not just to discipline my kids, but to discipline with love that I explain why you know, there's consequences for some of the things that they might do, some of the rules they might break. So, yeah, I think that hopefully that gives people an idea of kind of where to start. Yeah, and you also talk about talking to your kids about the video games that they play. Tell us a little bit about that, why that's so helpful. Yeah, again, it's helpful because I want to raise followers of Jesus, not, not rule followers, right? I don't want them to just know the rules and know how to follow them. I want them to know why uh, things. And so... Like, if, if your kids are really into video games, talk to them. It's a way to build a relationship with them, too. Because, you know, one of the goals of my book, really, is to help parents love their kids better. So it's not just, yeah, there is a whole section in there about setting rules and things. But before you even set any rules, you need to make an effort to study your kids, be curious about them, get to know them. We make such an effort to get to know our friends and the people around us. But sometimes we forget that one of the most important people for us to get to know is our own children. We have to love the children God has given us, not the children we want them to be. You know, so if your kid's really into video games and that annoys you, you need to try to get over that. That's part of who they are. You know, it's part of what they enjoy doing. And so don't just shame them for being into video games. Ask questions. Why do you like to play that? And try to ask why they like video games without judgment. So don't, don't ask the question like, what's wrong with you? Why do you like that video game? But ask the question, why do you like that video game? And listen. Get to know them. If they know that you care about them, then when you have to enforce boundaries or limits, they'll be more receptive to that. Yeah, because video games, that subject can often be a point of tension or division between parents and their children. And, you know, you give some great tips in how you can break down those barriers and not let video games be such a divisive force between family members. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and... You know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be people just do a little bit of work to, like, be curious about our children, love them, and refuse that temptation to, like, demonize them because they're into something that you're not into. It's really easy to, like, get annoyed at your kids because they have a hobby that you don't like. <laughs> you know, same with their spouses. But loving people well means taking an interest in them regardless of whether they they like the things that we do. Now, another real practical tip you give in setting healthy boundaries is to help your children diversify their free time. Tell us, how do you do it as a family? Yeah, I think some little things that we do is we make them play sports, uh, you know, so like they don't have to continue their whole lives playing sports, but they're going to try it, you know, you know, give them opportunities to do lots of things. So my oldest child is our biggest gamer. She loves video games the most, but we've gotten her into theater and she really likes to perform. And so she's almost as into theater as she is into video games, but we just give them those opportunities to f explore other things. 
we make them read, you know? She's got to do some reading before she does her video game time, uh, her screen time. So yeah, there's lots of little things, you know, we make them go outside when the weather's okay, you know? They've got to go out, have some time outside. You know, sometimes I think it's okay to make them go outside even when the weather's not, you know, keep your kids safe. Don't hear, don't mishear me. <laughs> but uh, we want to build some resiliency in our kids. So we, we take our kids hiking a lot. That's the thing we enjoy doing as a family. It's outside time together. A lot of times, on the way to a family hike, they're going, no, we hate hiking. We don't ever want to hike. We, we hate it so much. And then we get there, we get on the trail together, and all of a sudden they're, like, jumping off rocks and jumping in the creek, and they're having a ball. And it's because we fought through that, like, <laughs> you know, that those protests to give them a, an experience that we know is, like, life-giving and good for them. So I think we have to do that with our kids. Make them do some things that they may not want to do initially, and they find some things they really fall in love with that are really good for them and good for their development. And, you know, in your final section, you talk about video games being a mission field or a mission. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, that's something unique I'd never thought about before. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think they're a huge mission field. 220 million Americans play video games regularly, and so that tells us that there's this huge group of people out there in the world that are really into into video games. And instead of seeing those, that as sort of annoying or like something we should be really concerned about, we should see that. I think we should see that as an opportunity. Jesus had a reputation for eating meals with sinners and tax collectors. So Jesus deliberately chose to spend time with people who the religious leaders of his day hated and thought were pretty terrible, horrible, awful, sinful people. And we live in such a divided culture nowadays it's hard for people who have a different worldview to even be in the same room sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. video games, when we play them, we're all equals. We all kind of come in on the same footing. And so, yeah, when you play a game, it's an, op it's an opportunity to build a relationship with someone. It's a shared experience. And sometimes that's what we need, you know, to see past the differences we have with other people is we need some shared experiences. And video games give us that opportunity to have some shared experiences, to build some commonality, and to build relationships. And so, yeah, I think there's huge missional potential there, for sure. Well, you've been listening to our interview with Drew Dixon. He's an author of this new book, Know Thy Gamer. And uh, we've been talking about some of the content in his book, and we've just scratched the surface here. This is a terrific book I recommend you get. It's going to be one of the recommended reading books in my ethics class on this whole topic of video oh, cool. games. There's, there's not many books out there on this subject, so I'm glad you tackled this subject for us, Drew. You know, but as we close yeah, here, you know, if people want more information on you and your ministry in this arena, where can they find more information? Sure, yeah. The, the ministry I co-founded is called Love Thy Nerd. And so you just go to lovethynerd.com. You can learn more about their, thank you. You can learn more about their mission. You know, exist to be the love of Jesus to nerds and nerd culture. And so we do ministry in nerd spaces and we engage video games and other aspects of nerd culture from a Christian perspective on the website. And then also, if you want to learn more about my book, you can just go to knowthygamer.com. So knowthygamer.com. And you can basically buy my book almost anywhere books are sold. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter, Drew Dixon, or it's underscore, at underscore Drew Dixon. Yes, that's a great resource for every parent here and youth pastor and pastors who are ministering to people. Video games are a big part of people's lives. So You've been listening to Evidence and Answers, our interview with Drew Dixon and his great new book here that I, that we highly recommend, Know Thy Gamer. So, Drew, 
I know you've got a real busy schedule, so thanks for spending some time with us here on Evidence and Answers. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Have you been to our website lately? That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or even schedule an apologetics conference at your church or location, give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcast like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, you can head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. That's honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. <laughs>